the Air Force's decision to pick Huntsville, Alabama as the new headquarters of U.S. Space Command has been controversial from the start. And a new review by the Government Accountability Office says the selection process had a lot of problems. GAO doesn't opine on whether Huntsville was the right or wrong decision, but the office says the Air Force made some fundamental missteps when it deviated from its own base selection framework. Instead, the ad hoc version it used for the Space Command selection had serious credibility and transparency problems. Elizabeth Field is Director of Defense Capability and Management Issues at GAO, and she joins us now to talk more about the findings. Elizabeth, thanks for doing this. And and before we dive into the bulk of the report, I want to set this up a bit by just pointing out to listeners that there is kind of two different versions of this report. The publicly releasable one does not have as much detail in it because the Defense Department considered a lot of those facts and figures to be privileged and did not want them in the final report. First of all, how unusual is that in the context of this sort of information? And then maybe you could describe a little bit to us what's not in the final report. Sure. It's it's not that unusual for us to issue two versions of a report, one that is sensitive or even classified that is available to, to members of Congress, and then one that is fully unclassified and available to the public. Um, and it's certainly not unusual in a, in a situation like this one, where we were looking at a very sensitive strategic basing decision uh, for the department to designate information as being sensitive. In this case, some of the information that we have had to omit from the report includes things like the number and names of candidates that the Air Force would have considered under an amended enterprise definition, certainly some of the specific numerical candidate scores and rankings uh, that the Air Force concluded were their rankings during part of the process have been omitted, uh, and also certain input to uh, some deliberations that happened before a meeting at the White House in January of 2021 that we talk about in our report. So those are just a few examples. Got it. I just wanted to make make that clear before we dig into the meat here. Okay. And then as as far as the meat, essentially, as I understand what's going on here is Space Command basically borrowed the Air Force's strategic basing process. And then sort of partway through, the Air Force modified that process, essentially at the direction of the Secretary of Defense. Have I got that about right? Pretty much. So the Air Force does have an instruction. It's called an Air Force instruction that guides strategic basing decisions. And it was a process that it was following for the most part um, up until about March of 2020. Then to your point, uh, then Secretary of Defense Mark Esper directed the Air Force to reopen the process and revise the process to model the Army's future command basing process that it had used. I should note that that process was also not consistent with an existing policy. So there really wasn't policy that the Air Force was or could follow at that point. The memo from Secretary Esper essentially superseded the Air Force instruction. But I think the point here is that the Air Force could still have built a process or followed a process that used all of the best practices that GAOs identified whenever you're doing any kind of analysis of alternatives and you found some serious shortcomings there. You want to briefly take us through what those were? Sure. Well, and first, I, I want to very much affirm your your question about whether the Air Force still could, could have followed best practices. And the answer is absolutely. And in fact, that's the reason that GAO created these best practices back in 2016. We recognized that there was not a broadly recognized set of guidelines that federal government agencies or even private sector entities could use to help consider 
different options and alternatives when they were faced with a question like the one that the Air Force was, was faced with in this instance. So we applied what we call our analysis of alternatives criteria to the Air Force's process for selecting the SpaceCom preferred location. And what we found uh, were, were quite a number of weaknesses. So those criteria that I just mentioned are grouped into four characteristics of a high quality, reliable process. And those characteristics are comprehensive, well-documented, credible, and unbiased. And we went through a fairly a methodical approach of applying our criteria where we actually come up with a numerical score that we can give to the Air Force for each of those um, characteristics. And what we found is that the Air Force substantially met the comprehensive characteristic. So in that case, there were some good things that the Air Force did, but it only partially met the well-documented and unbiased characteristics, and it minimally met the credible characteristic. And just to give you a few examples of some of the problems that we identified, um, the Air Force changed the definition of some of the criteria that it used over time as it was trying to evaluate the candidate locations. The Air Force also changed how it was weighting different criteria, which is important because you, you want to maintain however you are weighting different criteria across across the board. Uh, there was no independent review conducted of the process, which typically the Air Force would do, uh, and so on and so forth. So there really were quite a lot of problems. I wonder to what extent, if at all, the Air Force deserves a bit of a pass here in the sense that they were directed to deviate from what would have been their their normal practice, again, by the secretary in a pretty heavily politicized environment and in a situation that's really kind of a one-off for them, right? Because they're not making a basing decision for one of their own bases. They're acting as the executive agent for someone else. There's a, there's a lot of uniqueness about this event that in some ways it's understandable that they would deviate from their own processes, isn't it? Well, it's certainly understandable that they might deviate from their own process. Um, I think where where things went south is that in doing so, they made some mistakes that are really pretty fundamental um, problems that, that if you don't have those sort of boxes checked, you're going to have a problem at the end of the day. Um, but but that is why we our recommendation in this report is that moving forward, the Air Force established guidance that is consistent with our practices that it can apply to future basing decisions such as this one so that it doesn't run into the same problems that it did this time around. Well, one thing I do want to make clear is, is it didn't seem like any of the people that you talked to or that were stakeholders in this process had the sense that Huntsville was a bad choice in the end. It was, it was always considered among the top tier of possible locations for Space Command. So whatever one thinks of the process and how the Air Force got there, there's, there's not really a risk that Space Command is going to end up in a bad place for its needs. Is that fair? That is fair. So there are six final candidate locations. All of them are considered what is termed reasonable alternatives to the selected location, meaning any of those six uh, the Air Force has determined uh, could meet the, the mission need. But the process is still problematic, right? And I think you, you, you make this point in your conclusion that the public needs to have confidence that the process is sound so that things don't go off the rails next time and, and where a bad choice really could be made. That's right. I mean, ideally, even if someone disagrees with the final 
decision and doesn't like the location that was picked for reasons that are, are pretty obvious, uh, they should still have confidence that the process was handled appropriately and responsibly. And that just didn't happen here. What more specifically could the Air Force do? I mean, do they do, do they need to design and write down a process that is tailorable for something like this, where, where they're called upon to go outside of the way they would normally use a basing process for their own basis, for their own needs? Well, our best practices that we recommend they adopt in guidance for future processes uh, allow for tailoring to whatever the question is that that you're approaching. And so, and this is really important to, to point out, a certain amount of professional judgment is always going to be part of any process like this. And our criteria account for that. So it's really more about making sure that you have a methodology that you have clearly defined from the outset that you don't deviate from in the middle of the process, that you clearly document the assumptions that you've made, the methodology that you're using, the decisions that you're making along the way, and that you do things like having an independent review to ensure impartiality and conducting something called a sensitivity review, where you test the assumptions in your model and see how changes to those assumptions affect your outcomes. The Air Force really didn't do any of those things. And I think maybe this is just a piece that's not in the final report, but I think one of the big missing pieces were cost differentials between possible alternatives, how much they would save or spend if they went with a different location. That's right. So one of our best practices is that the uh, body that is conducting the process consider sort of full life cycle costs uh, of whatever the decision is that they're trying to make. And we found that there were some costs that were not considered at all, such as any costs that might be incurred for relocation of Space Command. Right now, it is provisionally located at Peterson Air Force Base in Colorado. So those costs weren't considered. Maintenance of infrastructure costs were not considered. We also found that there were costs that the, the Air Force just couldn't document how they calculated them. So there's something called high altitude electromagnetic pulse shielding. It's also known as hemp shielding. Uh, and it's really important, though, because it protects communications uh, technology from high intense energy attack, essentially. And the Air Force told us they had some experts who came up with those cost estimates, but they couldn't show us where that was documented. So all of those things are problematic. Elizabeth, pretty strong language in this report by GAO standards, um, and, and you found what you've talked about are, are serious problems. Why is there not a recommendation here for the Air Force to, to go back and, and redo its work the right way? Well, I, I appreciate that question, and there are a couple of answers to that. But the first and most important here is that that is ultimately a judgment call. It is a policy call, and GAO is not a policymaking body. Uh, this decision has not yet been finalized. And so it is up to the Air Force, along with Congress and others, to weigh the costs and benefits of potentially redoing the process. Uh, the second reason is, you know, we did not in this report seek to validate the decision that the Air Force made. We don't suggest whether the Air Force made the quote unquote correct decision or not, or even whether the Air Force would have come to a different conclusion had it 
fully applied our best practices. Uh, and so the, the lack of a recommendation to redo the process should not be taken as uh, an endorsement of Redstone Arsenal as the preferred location or a denigration of Redstone Arsenal as the preferred location. And, and I guess that, that brings up one last question, which is, would it be possible for the Air Force to work backwards here a little bit, fill in some of the missing data, do some of the the legwork that wasn't done as part of the process in order to solve some of the credibility and transparency problems that you identified without going all the way back to the beginning? Or, or is the problem just that the data doesn't exist and can't be recreated at this point? Well, it's certainly the case that some of the data cannot be recreated. Uh, when we tried to collect the documentation that the Air Force had compiled to do the analysis, we weren't able to collect it in, in many cases, either because it, it never existed or because it had been lost. The Air Force, Air Force pointed to a, uh, a software update that caused them to lose some of their documentation. I think it also would be hard to ameliorate all of the problems that we found with this process because some of them were there from the beginning, for example, not clearly defining criteria. And so it would be hard to go back and do that. That's Elizabeth Field, Director of Defense Capability and Management Issues at GAO. We'll post a link to the report we've been discussing at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.